Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Go Out and Talk to Strangers. This is Adi, the Nomad Architect, and this is a place where I'm sharing with you ideas and inspiration, hosting founders, entrepreneurs, and extremely talented people to share their experience with us. And today we are very lucky to have with us Diana. Hi Diana. Hi, how are you? Hi everyone. Hi, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for the invitation. I feel honored because you, you, said, you said just uh, super skilled and talented people. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you are. And, like, you have one of the most interesting projects I came across. And I'm really lucky oh my God. you found the time to talk with us about it. Thanks. So much pressure. Now it's even <laughs> more challenging. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. Oh, I meet the expectations. No. So you're the founder of Pandora Hub. Yes, I am. And I was wondering, well, first of all, where's the name coming from? I really like this question because very few people ask about it. And there's a story behind the name, actually. That was a name uh, that first came to my mind whenever the first time I had the idea of mixing, um, let's say, nature in in my dream lifestyle, which is uh, mixing technology, startup, consultancy, methodologies, and social innovation projects and rural areas. Wow. So when when this wasn't even a project, it was just a set of ingredients. And the name Pandora Hub came because Pandora mm, means all the good things, the resources and the wealth that the, the planet Earth uh, can provide to humanity. So regardless of all the Pandora box thing, which is a, um, kind of a mis-explanation mis of the, the real meaning, which is actually positive. So the Pandora box thing is that Pandora was a goddess that was very curious and opened the box and all the demons came out. And after that, all the good things were left. But the very, very root of, of that is the Greek meaning and the Greek meaning, it's quite positive. So, so yeah, Pandora for me was this. So all the good things that um, Mother Earth can provide to humanity and help is kind of the tech ingredient and the innovation ingredient, like concentration of knowledge and, and, and technology and, and entrepreneurship in back to the land, back to the, to the planet Earth. I love it. And you're, at the moment, you're in Barcelona, right? Yes. The oh. base camp is in Barcelona because we're, it's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I go quite a lot to, to rural areas because of the project. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about the project. Yeah, so Pandora Hub, it's basically the main goal of Pandora Hub is reviving rural areas. Um, uh, but we do so, it's been a whole process. Uh, in the beginning, I was thinking, oh my God, where do we start? Because it seemed like a rural population was an issue. And if you see in the newspaper in Spain, there's a lot of press talking about uh, the empty Spain and the, and, and the demographic challenge. The very first assumption that was quite quickly um, dismissed is that uh, everything has to start from scratch. So how to, how to start reviving rural areas? So it's like um, we, the saviors of urban areas, have to revive rural areas. is is not is not true. Um, and so still, right now, there's a very a very negative um, narrative about rural areas in Spain that they are empty, that there's a demographic challenge, and and it is in some of the areas. But I also want to see a lot of opportunity. 
And since the very beginning of the project five years ago, one of the main surprises and, and main assumptions that was completely dismissed is that uh, there are there were already um, projects that cross entrepreneurship and innovation and technology uh, uh, back in rural, in rural areas and funded by uh, locals that might have been traveling or being a very experienced professionals that decided to come back to their um, uh, village of origin and and starting up with with a project that was aimed at attracting other entrepreneurs and and, and startups so this was quite incipient five years ago but still there were a lot of in, uh, initiatives like this in Spain. Now it's crazy because it's not just about rural co-working and, and co-living spaces. You can also have people that come from the performing and art and theater industries that are taking over an abandoned theater and turning this theater into into a, an attractor for the whole region, uh, for the whole region, for for people like coming during the whole year. Uh, so there's another village in which um, they are also attracting graphic artists and plastic artists and they are managing to get them by houses and and uh, there are different versions yeah there's a lot of things going on in rural areas right now in Spain a lot of innovation a lot of youngsters that are deciding to be near from nature and they are um, investing their capabilities or, or their life experiences or, or jobs into something that can be matched with the, with whatever is going on in the rural area and and deciding to to start over a project that is activating the rural area so that's amazing it's one of the freedom yeah we have these yeah. days you know to just like work remotely or live uh in different areas where our parents have to go yeah. to the city and have to work in an office yeah. and now we have more choice but but tell me why you as a person how come it evoked something in you that you started being interested in doing such a thing it's a great question uh, for me, the first thing that I realized is that uh, nature was very important. Even before I come up with the idea of Pandora Hub, um, mm -hmm. I did a course that was very uh, helpful for really pushing me out from the corporate world. And there was the component of nature there that was like one of the five priorities for me in that moment in life, already five or six years ago. But I didn't have a clue on how to combine it with the other things that I was uh, thinking of a way of living or a way of like making an income and yeah it was there like nature was there like the the, the weird component of my new lifestyle no? <laughs> um, but then after uh, eight months of starting the, the project 2015 uh, and for different reasons I figured out that this come may come from before because I'm not from a rural area but my, my father's family was so they come from from a village that doesn't exist anymore. It exists, the new version of the village, but the old village that was a very beautiful stone-made village next to a riverside, wow. they were forced to move uh, to a newly built village um, in the dictatorship era here in Spain because it was very common. There was a huge river, Ebro River, and uh, there was a dam having to be built up in the riverside. So uh, they, for a miscalculation, they thought that the village was going to be uh, under the water but it if never it never was so they forced everybody to move from there to a new village and 
I can't believe it. It's such a, such a craziness. And what happened, it seems like, oh, no problem. We, we put everybody from here to there, but this created kind of an identity um, problem. Uh, How far they had to move? One or two kilometers, but it's not like... I do have a picture of this village and it was stunning because the church, I mean, these villages were there for, I don't know, 100 years, maybe 1,000 years. Wow, wow. Um, no, I can imagine. Yeah, it's the identity of a whole community. So I uh, remember when I was a child that these uh, old village that by then was an abandoned village because it was falling apart. Uh, my father uh, took me to his uh, house and we're all house, family house, wow. and we were going inside and I was completely fascinated by these stones. I've been since my very very early ages and i think this memory kept in myself for a long time you know these kind of things you don't remember and then suddenly i was explaining about the first pilot experience in a village nearby my father's village by casualty Mm -hmm. i ended up the first pilot first pilot experience happened two villages below in the same riverside <laughs> of my father's village wow. Wow. and so i was like trying to explain the local what was uh, the local people uh, what was this all about because it was one week of courses and activities and it felt like a bit like alien for them and i wanted to <laughs> explain something that make them feel okay i'm not an, an alien i'm not an, a stranger and i just in that session with them i remember oh so my father is from Mekinensa, which is two villages above the river. And I'm actually not a local, but I feel like local because I was uh, going uh, for holidays in the new Mekinensa for, for a while. And I was visiting my uh, my father's uh, family house. Yeah, and it shows that you have the right intentions in heart, yeah. right? It's not like you're trying to make a move, a real estate move there. Exactly. And I didn't thought of that. Till the moment I was in front of all these people trying to explain the project in a way that wasn't uh, weird. Mm -hmm. So what did you tell them? Like, what was the first explanation you gave them? Because I guess it was formed during time. Yeah, so the idea of involving local participants has always been very important. Mm-hmm. It has been evolving like crazily. Now it's it's in the core in the core vision of the project. So um, yeah, the idea was like okay, the proposals for for the activities were a bit more alternative or like uh, trendy, let's say, maybe more interesting for people living in urban areas. But for me, it was also very important that the locals would participate, mm-hmm. and so I was concerned of. Um, talking to local people and talking to local youngsters and it was done together with the local government and they have rules for youngsters for associations so there was a some previous work done but but yeah i mean in that talk like presentation uh i remember seeing their faces like uh, they didn't they really didn't understand what was going all this about uh, but at the end it was a calendar it was a calendar with a proposal for activities, um, and since the very beginning, uh, we have I think it was like sixty local people participating, all from one hundred. Oh wow! So so yeah. So was, they were was... interested in taking part. Yeah, and the other thing that happened is that a lot of local people figured it out about the activities one or two weeks after, and they were like, "Wow, I I didn't know about that. If I knew, I would have come." No. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, but for me, the, the insight was I didn't even prepare this speech in that sense. And suddenly, when I was in front of all these people trying to come up with a, with a bit more understandable narrative, then myself, I, I remembered it or I figured it out that maybe the project, uh, reason why or, or the meaning of the project for myself was coming from way before, like when I was a child with my mm -hmm. father, no? That's amazing. The the personal connection you have to this topic. Yeah. So basically you organize activities and programs and hackathons in rural areas, not only. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And <laughs> and how do you get people to come? Like how is this um mixing people together? How how is it working? Yeah. I really think that when you do a project um with love you end up getting to get connected with the right people and with other people who do, who do projects with with love and not 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 trying to push so i think it's also mm -hmm. important to 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 co-create stuff together with other people who is in the same track or similar track so i think for me it was quite important uh in the very beginning to get connected with the wisher network that is actually a very inspiring project for you to talk with. All right. Uh, which is a worldwide network of people who is doing interesting stuff in any sense. Oh. And we were sharing a lot of values with this network. And I remember having the meeting of one with one of the founders here in Spain, Albert Cañigueral. And from one meeting, he told me about, I don't know, a list of 15 people I could talk to. So wow. they are natural, natural connectors, like, mm -hmm. like I am and like, like Pandora have, have, is as well. So, um, that's it. So connecting with the right people, having the, 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 the adequate attitude of learning, because the first two, first two years of the projects, it's, uh, you have to become a, a sponge, no? Mm -hmm. you, I don't think it's about pushing about your idea. This has to be the idea. It's like you don't have a clue on how this project is going to end up being. So you have some set of ingredients that you want in the project, some set of values and things that are important and the philosophy. But at the end, mm -hmm. how this is going to end up like <laughs> the visible part of the project it depends on the communities you are building it for or with so being flexible with that i think is important mm. can you share something that had to that changed from the original way you thought of it to the way it became currently the way it is yeah, so there are two things. One of the things, uh, it's a bit more boring, but it's a typical thing that even if you were a, a consultant like I was before and you become an entrepreneur, you, f you f fall in the trap. So it's uh, normally you have a lot of resistance uh, to start building a project, um, identifying the, the early adopters. So, mm -hmm. so it's not about pushing, it's not about convincing, it's identifying the right people who is already looking for something that talks about that. Uh, so I don't, I do not believe on, on the push digital marketing version of, of the things. Hmm. And that have already identified they are craving for something. Mm -hmm. So in this case, what were they craving? This was one of the assumptions to be tested. Who is going to understand the value of working from a remote area in rural area 
So potentially the, the, the remote workers, the people who is already have freed up of uh, understanding the work as a space, but understanding the work as having connectivity. So these, with this assumption, um, I joined a, an entrepreneurship program in Bali in the very beginning to really get myself immersed in a context that was full of remote workers that was, uh, who would and, and the working space, um, who would. And also for me, uh, it was true. So it's, it's, it was easier to be understood by remote workers, what we were trying to propose with, with Pandora Hub. So saying pretty much the same that you're doing in Hubud, you can do it in rural areas in Spain and getting connected with other interesting people in rural areas in Spain. Um, so that was pretty much a research phase. Um, then back in Spain, uh, my thought was, okay, yeah, so the early adopters are remote workers because that it was really well understood, the proposal, initial proposal. Uh, but uh, as a project that is aimed at transforming reality in a positive way, I remember that I was like, okay, but one thing is going to the early adopters, the ones that are doesn't need to be convinced and there's also a, a transformation opportunity uh, for startups who are uh, remote workers who are still not working uh, in remote areas so people who are working in co-working spaces and people who's managing their startups still in cities so i remember the first year um uh, tackling the challenges what if we can convert <laughs> uh, the more urban based uh, freelancers and startups and say hey whatever you are already doing you don't have a boss why don't you come uh, and do the same near from nature having much more fun and be much more inspired with your team and collaborators in a rural area and that was pretty much the first year me going into uh, each uh, and every one of the startup events in the city it was super intense and it was actually great because um, it was helpful, but it was exhausting. <laughs> well, must be. So there was actually some of the startups that have uh, uh, well, quite a lot, but I don't know. There are some of them who were interested in rural areas that have this rural call kind of uh, thing. You know? And there was people, fr uh, people from the startup scene, people from the development, uh, web development scene, uh, even consultants and mentors in a very top level. People doing very sophisticated stuff was interested or was kind of romantic towards rural areas. But it was very incipient by then. Mm. And so it was a lot of uh, didactics and events and talks needed to be done. And uh, it was exhausting, uh, actually. It was a learning, uh, and still, maybe I think I would do it again because uh, the transformation opportunity uh, that that, that an inspiring proposal have in the lives of of people it's 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 yeah it's pulling you a lot. It's like wow. Uh, they, yeah. I remember the first people joining programs. They were like, wow, this have changed. For me, it was easy because I was already there. But for people who were still on the old mindset, I was like, wow, this has been a game changer. But it could be Pandora Hub or any other program proposing similar things. no? So that was one of the things. So if you want to transform reality, it's great, but it's exhausting in the beginning. And it's always interesting to be uh, looking for those early adopters that are the ones that are going to give you more acquisition in the beginning because they don't need to be convinced. They are already there. 
Also, yeah. one of the other learnings that was actually uh, in the last program, acceleration program, one of the longest programs, Civic Hub Garrocha, in the volcanic region of Garrocha mm -hmm. in Catalonia, is that uh, now we are designing programs in purpose like this. So mixing people that apparently doesn't have anything in common. So mixing people who comes from the startup scene, mm -hmm public governments, politicians, hackers, developers, social in, uh, movements, activists, like people that apparently doesn't have nothing to do. And you're bringing them together. Yeah, because the challenge, the, the challenge here is they respond uh, to very different languages and, and the wording creates blockages. So if you talk about product, service, market, uh, I don't know, uh, growth, uh, business, blah, 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 to a social movement, they got blocked. Like, <laughs> okay, this is not for me. Uh, but if you talk about uh, to social and positive transformation, blah, 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 to a startup, they, they yeah. might see it too hippie, you know? Uh, but there's a high, super high value if you manage to con uh, conciliate both worlds and through language, because of course, when you uh, start a call for participants of a program, you need to make a value proposition and you need to communicate it. Uh, and it's a challenge because one language connects with ones, but pro uh, provokes rejection towards the other ones. But once this is sur uh, surpassed and you really manage to get them together in, in one-on-one physical uh, space, um, uh, magic happens. Of course, it's not about just mixing people that doesn't have anything in common. They have to have at, at least something very important in common. Um, and I do think this is the why. So if they have the why in common, in this case for the program was, uh, they did what they did, no matter if they use technology, politics, uh, uh, social movements, because they wanted to give back power to people. They wanted to okay. empower people. That was the common ground. Yeah. If you, so if you have a very deep common ground that they did, Uh, and you manage to surface or surpass uh, the language barrier and the mindset barrier, then magic help happens. And then human and project alchemy uh, starts to, to happen without mm -hmm. doing much. So once this is surpassed, sur uh, then the mm -hmm. rest is easier. So now we are on purpose. Uh, so we can have, a, have kind of a receipt. Okay, interesting. Yeah, now we are on the process to systematize it uh, and to open source it in, a, in, in different tools that other people in rural areas that are starting out worldwide want to try. Because um, uh, no matter what you have in your region on, or the different characteristics or singularities of your region, you can be in Japan or in Latin America, that uh, there's kind of some guideline, guidelines or tips that you can use or buttons that you can push. Mm -hmm. And yourself will be the one that will realize what makes sense for your region. So it's not Pandora Hub saying what you have to do and coming up uh, and organizing something. So now we're in the process together with other projects that we've been a while uh, figuring out how to revive rural areas uh, inside out, not outside in, mm -hmm. uh, to systematize all, all of this knowledge. And one of the things of this recipe for me is understanding what 
what's going on locally. So what are the capabilities? Who is doing what? Who is doing interesting things? Uh, who are the local heroes? It, co- it can be people from the entrepreneurial side or people living from, from the public administration sh- side or even um, well-known um, corporate owners uh, that are local heroes. We found anything in different regions. It depends. And so identifying these people who is pushing super hard for the territory in a very altruistic way. They don't even do it as a job. Um, also identifying uh, local counterpartners that could be NGOs or, or public administrations, institutions, or companies. And, and then trying to understand what are the capabilities, the strengths, the challenges, the needs, what they want to do, what they don't want to do. And, and of course, now we're talking with uh, regions that want to attract and consolidate mm-hmm. talent, talent and, and entrepreneurship. So we are looking into the regions yeah. that already understand the value on that, not trying to mm-hmm. convince the ones that are still on other things. No? So once you more or less understand who's doing what, uh, who want to contribute or want to be involved in, in whatever initiatives that, uh, that can be uh, used as, as, as reactivation, then uh, you co-create uh, those initiatives together with uh, with the more dynamic P projects uh, locally. And what would you say that's the right length for somebody who would want to do something like this from your experience? Uh, the like, right length? Yeah, when you invite people, what's the duration of stay uh, you find to be the most effective? Uh, the length of the program, you mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it depends uh, who is, is this addressed to. So we've done programs or activities addressed to um, nomad founders. Uh, we've done programs addressed to local and star- local startups or local social movements and startups in Barcelona and abroad. It, it all depends on, on what is the goal of the program and who is this addressed to. Um, uh, for instance, the more successful model of an acceleration program, uh, for for me, I mean, in my own experience, is is ideally six months, mm-hmm. um, uh, but not intensively happening. So you have six months, and you have one weekend encounter every month. Okay. Uh, but uh, then it's more challenging for people who doesn't live nearby. But for instance, that's what we did with Civic Hub, and we have people uh, worldwide uh, coming from worldwide um, uh, destinies that were, were living in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But we did the program uh, two hours from Barcelona. So okay. uh, even though there were people from Brazil, they were living in Barcelona. There was one guy coming, residing in Brazil, who came for three months. Wow. with a crowdfunding campaign and managed to come, come for three months. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really depends. For the sake of the impact in re- the region, I reckon it's the longer the better. And also uh, having maximum two encounters per month, ideally once, because then it's not so intense for the local entrepreneurs to take part of it. Um, also, I also think it's important if it's done during the week or in the weekend because we address our activities to busy people. That's why we decided to do it in the weekend. Okay. Because you are substituting, uh, I'm sorry, quality time with family, friends and, and couples in the weekend for once a month or twice a month for your project. Uh, and you're having a lot of fun because there's a lot of like 
mm-hmm. also things in between uh, of the content that are uh, for me are the most valuable parts. Yeah. So yeah, weekends, and if I have to think inside out, so think on, on the positive local impact, uh, the longer possible. I really think that um, if this is just short, uh, if just one week, we try it uh, one weekend thing, that's it, one week things, that's it. And one of the main um, um, ideas of improvement um especially from locals, we're like, okay, this is great, but now what? So after this week, how can we follow up? How can we be in touch with all these people? We were super inspired. It was kind of being in a washing machine, like, (laughs) but then it's like, it's really difficult to to get in touch. If it has to happen, it happens because now uh, we have, we did an acceleration body and one of the international programs, uh, projects, sorry, uh, from Netherlands, uh, he just came back to Bali and started a collaboration together with a local entrepreneur two years after last year. So it can happen. Yeah, but it's more difficult if you don't do it recurrently, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to have consistency and some yeah. some stability there. Yeah. So normally, shorter is better for the newcomer because it's fun. It's like an experience, and I go with that to my home, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But longer is better for the local community. Yeah, I can imagine, like the combination of also creating the invitation of people to test mm-hmm. this lifestyle. And also maybe slowly showing them the benefits of being there. And I especially love in your project mm. the fact that you bring together a lot of people from different backgrounds because this is the essence of creativity. Taking different areas and letting people um, put their input. It really starts new ideas when you bring in one room a lot of people from yeah. different places. Exactly. Yeah, now we do it completely in purpose. As I said, if you sur- if you surpass the language barrier and the mindset barrier, that it is actually there when you are mixing people that seem to be opposed. But if you surpass that, it's it's like magic happens, because um, what we normally find is like locally, it's it's not. I mean, it's not always, but no, normally locally, you find projects that are more analogical. Uh, more, and they might even find or feel rejection towards technolo- technology. They might understand technology as equal to capitalism and blah, 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 blah. And, and newcomers that come from cities or elsewhere, they are more technical, mm-hmm. technological based. And if both parts are willing to, you know, provide a, a positive transformation, whatever it is, then they understand that they can complement each other. Because normally you have the, the developer or the startup who is a developer doing a technology and they don't have a clue on how to acquire users. They don't have communities or they are really introverts. They For them, it's really, dif- really, really difficult to go to real people. And you have the social movement uh, who is very radical and doesn't like Facebook because of the service and all the you know like amplification yeah. shit that they put in the uh, in the system and when they figure out about these um, peer-to-peer real peer-to-peer uh, privacy-based uh, technology they become the beta testers of the technology so mm-hmm. for one they find the technology without having to tailor a, a, from scratch their own technology without understanding technology 
like the local social movement and the start of find uh, a first group of beta testers all from local social movements or local projects mm-hmm. this actually happened last year uh, last um, edition of CHAP and and we didn't even expect it we knew that diversity um, directly causes innovation I mean everybody knows that yeah. but we are really, really, really like seeing it in real time. So we really uh, see it happening um, for a cause, you know, because like I think rural activation from scratch, for instance, in a very depopulated region, it's very difficult. I don't think a program is a solution for a, for a region that it's really suffering of rural population. Mm-hmm. I think previous previous steps needs to be done before coming up with an acceleration program. So you need to do, um, yeah, you need to identify people. You need to connect people who is already there. You might need one or two years of more invisible um, activities. Mm-hmm. But in in certain regions, in which you might have some villages that are a bit depopulated, and other regions that are not so much, where you have already people who is living there, willing to attract more people. You know, it's like you have you have to find the right balance of maturity between the populated rural, but already things going on, because otherwise you need more like um, yeah, you need a, a project together with the local um, administration that might not be so visible uh, for the public. I see. Can you tell about collaboration that uh, happened during the program? Something that grew out of this mixing. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So a perfect example for that uh, was uh, an association an association of craft artists, artisans, local artisans. Um, the they were like they were like super anti capitalism, anti capitalism, anti technology. There was somehow called by the proposal. They knew there was something there that were interesting for them, but they were a bit reluctant in the in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the project is just brilliant. So basically what they are doing, they are trying to lobby local artisans to make them stronger. And one of the main and I think more interesting things they are doing, they are convincing the local government of the main town of this region uh, to take over the basements and the abandoned shops of the streets of the of the town. Because this makes the city... Well, it's like a town, very, very gray. Mm-hmm. It's very boring. Nothing is going on. Yeah. There's, there are some streets with this... All the basements are like empty and you see the, the, the gray door closed and this is very mm-hmm. non-attractive. So one of the things I wanted to do is turning those um, underused um, shops and abandoned shops into uh, workshops for the artisans. So they managed to convince the neighbors of one part of one of those streets to push the local government uh, to take over those uh, basements, to talk with the owners, to pay for the rent for the first four years, and to pay for the you know, maintenance or pay for the for the renovation works. And now they are on the second residency uh, of another part of the street, in which they do kind of a call for artisans to provide them with a space uh, as a shop for selling their art and also as a workshop for working on their on their products. Wow. And w- where is this? It's in Olot, in La Garrocha. Wow. Yes, yeah, super inspiring project. So as you see, this is a social movement. They are no technical, but um, the phenomena of empty basements in rural areas, it's very common. I know about that. 
And you know, if we'll stop for a second to look at it from the architectural point of view, uh -huh. when you talk about urban design, then the street level is actually the one thing that affects the most the experience of being in a place. Uh -huh. You know, the ability to walk around and to experience things by foot, because then you're more open um, let's say to meet a friend or to have a coffee or just to buy flowers. And when a town or, or a city doesn't have that option anymore, we can see that in many American cities, but we can also see it in abandoned areas in cities in Europe. Mm. As you said, when everything is, is shut down, there are no shops. Um, basically, it's decreased the invitation to walk around, to stroll, and then the place is less alive. Mm. And you can feel that very easily. Yeah, because it's very visible. It is, it is. So what was the other example you wanted to share? Uh, the second project? Yes. So I was talking about one example of a merge, uh, a collaboration between a local project and, and a newcomer project, a local project that is uh, an association and initially a quite analogical project um, that fall in love with a technological project. I think they fall in love each with each other. Uh, that it's uh, RetroShare, which is a completely peer-to-peer -peer social network. It's actually a framework. Uh, that's actually been used uh, by uh, the democratic problem we had in, in Catalonia with the referendum. I don't know if you know about that. So because this is censorship-free and this is completely decentralized, that there is not a, um, a central authority managing this system. So it's, it became quite famous, uh, RetroShare. But say, so you can tailor RetroShare to your social movement. And it's like a Facebook bot, peer-to-peer, -peer, without surveillance, blah, 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 without censorship. So uh, the one of the guys from RetroShare was was coming as a, as a trainer to the Civica program in Garrocha. And he basically explained what, explained what was RetroShare about in just one hour. And automatically, this um, artisan association fall in love with RetroShare and the other two projects that were analogical projects, not tech-based projects, uh, one from next to Barcelona and the other one from Seville, uh, they decided to, to do a joint venture um, with RetroShare and started uh, uh, using RetroShare, kind of a directory of conscious brands uh, of 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 confidence-based uh, social network between customers and producers of, of conscious uh, products. Because at the end, the artisans of, of La Garrocha, the association, uh, yeah, were like mm, designing and crafting products to be sold. So the joint bain tour um, involved two analogical projects, one of them from La Garrocha, two other ones, one from Catalonia, another one from Seville, plus RetroShare. And they come up with something named Trust Chain. And, and, and yeah, it was love at first sight. That's incredible. Um, wow, okay, so thank you so much for sharing this story. You're welcome. Well, we're almost coming to an end. And there is one question that I ask all my guests. And I want you to try and, uh, and be very free and answer very uh, honestly. Mm -hmm. So this question called the wild napkin. That's okay. The what? Sorry. <laughs> the wild napkin. 
Uh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so imagine you're going to a bar and uh-huh. you have a couple of drinks and your mind is very, very free. Uh-huh. Suddenly, you have the craziest idea and all you have is a napkin. Uh-huh. So you take it and you write it down. And the uh-huh. next day, you wake up and you find it in your pocket. What does it say? Yeah. So it could be anything. There is no time or money limit. What would it yeah. be? The very silly thing. I always, <laughs> I mean, uh, I always thought that if, um, if I had, um, I don't know how to say that in, in English, um, uh, a genius, a genius, um, pot, you know, uh, like, um, uh, a genius lamp. Like, uh, you know, that you can have three desires, uh, desires. You can ask for three, uh, desires to the, yeah. to the genius lamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, genie of the lamp, yeah. So, yeah, I will ask for one, uh, one lamb that have a genie of the lamb inside. And with that, I could ask all of all the <laughs> desires I wanted. That's cheating. <laughs> <Easy>. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, now the serious, uh, the serious answer is something that started maybe not in a napkin. It started. You know how it all started? It start, started like in a concern of uh, people writing uh, to Pandora Hub website from different parts of the world saying, hey, we just opened up a co-working space, a co-living space. Oh, my mom, I just inherited a farm in my village. Uh, why, did, why don't you come and organize a program here? It's like, oh my God, wow. we really can. I mean, we, can, we cannot organize the programs everywhere, no? So it's been there and it's been kind of a pattern. There's uh, quite a lot of people writing from random places worldwide with kind of very similar requests. And it, it's not an upkeep, but it was something there like, what could we do? Because it's a shame we cannot do nothing. It's super good news that there's a lot of people worldwide that is coming back to, to the roots and starting out, starting over, over projects like this. Mm-hmm. So, this was kind of the origin of uh, a new initiatives that that now uh, we are starting with together with other projects that uh, we've been working on the rural reactivation for a while. We have tried uh, different things at work and other things that didn't work, and and now we are working on a meta project, which is. Uh, Somehow trying to uh, share the the collective collective intelligence we we have um, been gathering and our learnings, our experience, our methods, our receipts, uh, and coming with the network. Or I don't know exactly what is gonna be, mm-hmm. but it's addressed not not so much to entrepreneurs or and final final entrepreneurs. What's, uh, what's, this is mainly what we are doing now, addressing programs to final entrepreneurs, local and newcomers, but upgrading, uh, our proposal and doing it together with other rural activation projects, uh, especially addressed to rural activators. So people and projects who are all, so who, for whom, uh, the reason why is attracting, attracting other entrepreneurs and, and other like talent to rural areas. So at the end, they are also entrepreneurs. But they are uh, yeah. multipliers of entrepreneurs in rural areas. This could be people starting with a space. Or it can be also a local government, a social action group, an NGO. It can be different things. So now we're starting with this meta project, which quite potentially is going to take the shape of a toolkit. I don't know if you know the community canvas or the Lean Startup canvas. 
so some of the tools are going to be open source so for whoever wanna wanna use them um and then maybe complementing that with some online education online training for people who want to go farther with that or need some support or maybe monthly q and a's with these rural activators worldwide and then mm-hmm. also some acceleration for rural activate activators as well like programs for rural, or maybe a yearly summit each year in a different location because there's actually yeah, this is actually there's actually a lot of projects worldwide now. I think that this is a, a very interesting starting community. Absolutely, that is uh, craving for for more. The the brave ones, the ones that have decided to come back to the rural area, and they are struggling to to attract people and and entrepreneurs and and mm-hmm. content. No. Yeah, so, of course. So you're you're already creating your uh, wild napkin dream, which yeah, is basically already it. Now it's that. not a napkin; it's digital. It's a six pages document, and oh. I'm actually <laughs> working together now with uh, two more projects, uh, mm-hmm. and potentially apply for a funding opportunity to get some okay. some yeah some funding. And also, we might have three or four regions in Spain uh, to do some pilot pilot experiments amazing i'm going to share all the links to your website and to your linkedin profile so people can reach out if anyone hears this and think wow this is amazing i want to get involved do it i encourage you thank you no seriously thank you you remember uh in the beginning of our conversation you said uh i don't want to have i don't want to set the expectations so high but i gotta tell you girl you rock (laughs) no thank you so much Thanks for that. (laughs) It's so rare to find people that are very passionate about what they do. They think about ways to connect both locals and newcomers, uh, rural areas and tech. This is absolutely amazing. And I, I, I love what you do. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. It's definitely like the new era of whatever the world is going to to find those win-win-win situations when everybody's action instead of competing just collaborating Mm. and i really want to thank you for being with us today and sharing your thoughts and your experience and until the next time everyone go out and talk to strangers yes please get inspired talk to interesting people go to inspiring places don't get locked in your room in your office oh hell yeah amazing Okay.